Welcome to this bonus episode of Tim Talk, the podcast about the DC animated universe co-created by Bruce Tim. I'm Chris Lord. I'm Kermit Dexter. And uh, once again this week, we're taking a detour from our usual topic, which is uh, currently the Justice League animated series. And uh, we're going to take a look back at the year that 2020 has been. Yes. Oh, man. <laughs> what a year. So normally we do a top 10. Usually we stick to like top 10 movies and top 10 shows. Yeah. I struggled to get a top five. Same. This was, Same. this was hard. I mean, you know, a year that gave us many, many crazy, crazy challenges. Um, you know, it, it, maybe we could touch personally on just like what the our own personal um, years. But mostly we were talking about, you know, the year in entertainment. And obviously it was a weird one because we basically got almost no new movies whatsoever. Um, and we did limit our list to movies that came out in 2020 and at least new shows or new seasons of shows that also came out in 2020. Um, yes. New to 2020, not new to us. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, I, I couldn't include it's a wonderful life on here, despite the fact that yeah, it was we, we one both of the best movies. watched it to wonderful yeah. life this year for the first time. Yeah. Um, the best slash worst year to watch that film. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I mean, look, I've said this a lot as I get older I have emotionally warmed up and softened up and I'm more susceptible to crying, but I was definitely full on crying at the end of that film. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And then also yeah. like watching Christmas Carol again and like understanding how much rich people are fucking us over right now. It, it's really just like, <laughs> man, can we just like make them watch Christmas Carol or can we just like have people dress up as ghosts just to like yes. maybe give us a little bit more money? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Scrooge becomes a little bit less sympathetic of a character uh, in modern circumstances, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Jeff Scrooge Bezos. <laughs> oh, God. Is he the worst? I think it's he's hard the to worst. tell at this point. Yeah, I don't know. Elon Musk fights with him pretty hard he for does. the worst of all of them. What was the, there was some joke that came out a while ago about uh, Jeff Bezos' ex wife donating millions and millions uh, to a handful of charities. And it's mm -hmm. like, oh, just announced Jeff Bezos giving free Gatorade bottles to everyone so they can pee on the floor and not spend time on their bathroom break. Yep. <laughs> That's basically the world we now live in. Uh, but yeah, I mean, in terms of entertainment this year, it was an odd one. You know, we had one superhero film, which is uh, a star contrast to the last number of years. Yeah. Um, it was Wonder Woman 1984. You can listen to our episode last week talking all about that uh, i think it's fair to say for those who didn't listen to the episode that it won't be popping up on either of our top five lists nope not even in honorable mentions nope um yeah a very underwhelming film um but hopefully 2021 will be giving us some better superhero content it's certainly giving us the return of marvel which will be good um plus the batman which still still quite hopeful for yeah. so we shall see um but yeah, so Cameron, where do you want to start with this? Do you we're, we're basically mostly gonna be talking TV and films. So what are you feeling here? Uh, Dealer's choice. Let's let's start TV. Let's let's change okay. it up. I feel like we almost always start with movies. Yeah. All right. So I think what we'll do is our, our usual method. Why don't you start us off with your number five? Uh, and then, you know, we'll talk about it and I'll do the same and we'll we'll continue through. Uh, unless there are overlaps, in which case we'll flag those and come back to them when it hits. Yes, I I think we're gonna one, have so. a couple overlaps, but I think my at least the top of my five four three will greatly differ from yours. 
Probably. And I, I'm going to say this right here. I might be proven wrong. I think you and I are going to have the same top show and top film this year. I, you this you is, said this, that, and I, I, I think we're going to have the same top show. Yeah, uh, I, I'm pretty sure we're going to have the same top film. We, sh- we shall see. Yes. So, um, yeah, I think you might be surprised that we have the same top film. So Yes. Okay, we'll see. All right. Uh, so, we'll, we'll get into it. So, my number five is one that I think I've made you listen to me talk about before begrudgingly <laughs> well cameron that could be so, many, be so things. many things <laughs> so many things please narrow it further for yes, me yes <laughs> i i told you up front that i'm going to limit my anime talk as much as possible because like Thank you. even that... in even in as the world is on fire that included the anime community and we had almost no new shows this year yeah uh the one show i wanted to talk about i looked up and technically the first two episodes of that season were in december and so it didn't technically count as a 2020 season so you're off the hook on Uh, that one i I think what happened there is that my my deepest heart's desire was for you to talk about anime less on the podcast and it came true it's been a minute i feel like i haven't talked about anime in a good minute (laughs) no you've been very good this year cameron (laughs) at least a month um but this this will, and, this this will be my. And when one. you do, I still cut it out. Yeah, that that is also true. <laughs> but this is on my list, so you can't. Exactly. No, it, it'll stay. I promise. Yeah. So this is my one. There there was a South Korean show uh, called Tower mm-hmm. of God, which is this bizarre oh, okay. concept of a show, which is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't I don't think it's it, a practically unique story, especially in, in anime. But it this one does it really well, where it's a world. The, basically the entire world lives on like level one of this tower, which goes up a hundred okay. stories. And if you can make it to the hundredth story, you get like your grandest wish fulfilled. Oh, interesting. Okay. And so it follows this guy who's, who's very uh, like complacent and very happy being where he is in life. But the girl that has kind of been by his side the whole time disappears one day and he finds out that she entered the tower without him. And so it's hmm. him kind of chasing through these these kind of death traps of floors trying to find his friend again. Oh, interesting. Uh, that, that's a very clever concept. Yeah, it's really there's a lot of very unique characters. There's a lot of uni- mm-hmm. you know, it's it's uh eastern culture and so they're much more creative with their superpowers and yes. and their designs and everything. Um but no, it's it's just like a very very fun. You, my caveat with it, and it's it's the problem that a lot of people have with the show, is for being an Eastern animated show. It's ne- not technically manga, or sorry, it's not technically anime because it's South mm-hmm. Korean and not Japanese. Um, it is a very ugly looking show. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yes, that is that is it's it's one major downfall, and it's why it's only number five on the list. Um. But it is still a great story if you can get past the animation. Do you think that the animation was deliberately bad for thematic reasons, or was it more just like a happenstance of production? Oh no, it, it, so it matches the 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 mangua that it's that's based. Hold on, manga oh, okay. is Japanese, manhua is South Korean. The manhua that it's based Ooh. off of. Well done. I had to learn the differences because there's <laughs> Japan comics, South Korean comics, and Chinese comics that all have the same yeah. root. And I, no, I, I, I be... applaud your cultural accuracy. Yes, Menghua. Um, yeah, the the original story is it, it follows that art style very closely. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And there's also like South Korean stories go on forever. Like we have that problem in America with all mm-hmm. of our 
you know, especially sitcoms will just go until they're dead and beaten. Yeah. I think this specific manhwa has like 400 plus issues that come oh. out like twice a week. <laughs> like they just don't ever end. That sounds exhausting. Yeah. But yes, that, that is my number five. What, what is your okay. number five? Uh, I have uh, for my number five, What We Do in the Shadows season two. Okay, great choice. Yes. I forgot about that show and I did not think that that was 20. Did you watch it? I did. Yeah, it's really good. It's really good. Um, yeah, and uh, you know, it it's great because it's short. I think they're eight episode seasons, eight or ten, um, you know, half hours. That show is so, so funny. And a lot of it for me falls on to, to Matt Barry, um, his his character of Laszlo, who's oh no, is he Laszlo? Yeah. He's Lazlo, who's just ridiculous. But there's a, a lot of really fun, inventive things they threw in there this season. Um, the the familiar who lives in the house, Guillermo, has an amazing story. Guillermo I won't say is, what it is. He is the best character but for me. He is the best character. He he has such a great trajectory this season. Um, one of my favorite episodes was when Laszlo goes on the run from another vampire played by Mark Hamill, and he adopts the persona of Jackie Daytona working in some <laughs> random bar in like Philadelphia or something like that. It's just, it's it's amazing. But you know, it's it's a show. If you haven't watched it yet, highly recommend getting on it. Both seasons are super funny. Even if you haven't seen the original film, you can still watch it and totally get what's going on. I've only seen the original film once. I think the show is better. I, I generally think the show has, has better laughs in it than the, the film did. Um, you know, and it's mostly episodic but with like a light arc happening over the top of it. Right. And uh, yeah, it's, I think one of the funniest things that came out this year and I cannot wait for a season three whenever we get it. Yes. It is a great choice. Cause it, it <sighs> I was very late to the bandwagon. Yeah. Um, and once I got into it, yeah, it is fantastic. Yeah. And even just the opening theme song, it's, it was on my, uh, you know, my write me out playlist all year long. Good. So, yes. Are we doing top five scores of 2020? Is it going to be in your top five scores? Oh, I mean, this podcast would be three hours long. <laughs> <laughs> Can't do it. <laughs> all right. What about you? What was your number four? Uh, my number four, I, I'm not like super happy with it, but I enjoyed the show and it was gripping. Mm-hmm. But I, I put Queen's Gambit as my number four. Okay, I still haven't finished it. Okay. I got about halfway through, and I wasn't loving it, and I think I need to go back and finish it off at some point. Yeah, because there's a moment in the last episode I'd be very curious your thoughts on. Okay. Where I, I, think, yeah. I, I think I briefly mentioned it before when we talked about it, but it's kind of like the straight savior story almost. And they started to get into that space a little bit. Yeah. Uh, at least I now know that character is gay, and I was like, oh, okay, interesting to see where this goes. I mean, what, so what about it did you find so compelling? Because I had a hard time. Oh, really I just thought like excited. visually it was very fun. Okay. Uh, and I, I am such a sucker for Anya Taylor Joy. Like, yeah, that's fair. I, She's amazing. Emma's a fine movie, but it almost made it in my top five just because of how much I love her. <laughs> like, I, I, ever since um, Thoroughbreds, she's been like yeah. my like number one actress to look out for. Like anything she's in, I'll watch. Except Wait, for did New you Mutants. watch? Did I say, did you watch New Mutants? Not yet. <laughs> I, I forgot. We actually had two superhero films this year because I forgot about New Mutants because neither of us watched it. Nope, still haven't. I'll watch as it at some as, point. As much as I talked about it. That's true. <laughs> I still have not watched a Mutant. Although, is there anything more fitting, though, than our 2020 <laughs> review? When New Mutants finally came out, we talked about it, but still hadn't seen it. Yep. 
It's perfect. Very fitting. But no, I, I agree with you. She is great. And I, and I think she would be the reason I would go back to finish it out. Yeah. So. And I think it's going to open doors for like, because, you know, to some people, chess is technically a sport. Mm-hmm. And I think this is going to open the world for like a different kind of sport series. Oh, where you, it's, we not, get a... it's not just going to be Friday Night Lights over and over again because i feel like every show is just like we're kind of like friday night lights but with a little twist yeah. we're gonna get a dramatic darts show i mean i'm in <laughs> maybe a dramatic curling show set in canada yep again very in very in um but yeah i i don't feel like i have a lot to say about it it was just like i just really enjoyed watching it like every episode yeah. i was just ready for the next one mm-hmm uh but yeah, what, what about you? What is your number four? Uh, my number four was Dead to Me season two. You really like Dead to Me. I, 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 you pitched to me a couple times. It is really good. I, I, it, I watched it quite a bit earlier in the year, and I, I got through the first two seasons kind of in, in quick succession, basically binged the whole thing. Um, I don't remember if it's super compelling right from the beginning, but at the end of the day, like it really hangs on the three leads. So obviously the, you know, the, the two female leads are Christina Applegate and Linda Carnalini. My favorite um, girl of all time. Yes. And she's so good. And like, I'd say that uh, I feel like Linda Carnalini gets maybe a little bit more of like the dramatic weight and like the real good scene work in the first season and the season two, it's a little bit more on Christina Applegate, but they're both so good. It's a funny show. Like it's darkly funny. Like it's very much in my line of humor of being like, kind of like sarcastically dry, funny, um, but then the third lean is James Marsden. That's right. Who I also and have he, my favorite guy of all time. Yeah, he he is also really great in the show. And it's just like the the, the story is compelling. It's definitely soap opera-y and heightened. But there's a wry sense of humor to the whole thing that makes it work. Um, and it's got a great soundtrack. Both seasons just have great use of music all the way through. Visually, it's really good. Um, it's just really, really well made, you know. Um, yeah, one of the favorite, one of my favorite things I watched this year. I was really, really impressed okay, by it. Okay, I, I, I'll give it another chance. I think I watched the first three episodes. Okay, so yeah, I'll, 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 I'll push through a little bit more because yeah, I feel like keep... there was like two shows that everyone told me to watch this year, and it was, it was Dead to Me, and it was Shit's Creek, mm-hmm. and both yeah. of them I, I just couldn't connect with. No, that's fair, and I. I it's hard to jump into something that's been so highly recommended. And I, I had that issue with Shit's Creek and the further into I got it, the more I enjoyed. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, I guess I think it did take a few episodes on dead to me for it to really start to land. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's another one of those shows like it, it's kind of like breaking bad. It's anything else on Netflix at this point. Like it ends in a way where you're like, well now I have to see what happens going on next. Like every episode has a like, kind of a nice button cliffhanger. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's, yeah, it's, you know, got um, like a, a, a mystery crime element to the whole thing, too, which, you know, that's I love that genre. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, yeah. For the performances, for the music and for the story, it's, it's really worth it. OK, so. yeah, I, I will give it another try. Yeah. All right. What's uh, what's your number three? Uh, number three will be one that we've talked a lot about and, and we haven't really d- discussed the finale yet. But mm-hmm. Mando season two. Oh, our number one shows are not going to be the is same. Is your number then. one Mando? It's up on my list, so we're we're gonna hold off on discussing okay. it. Okay. So okay, then yeah, I'll 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 hold my thoughts. What is your number three? Okay. 
My number three was Harley Quinn season two. Oh, oh, then you're hold on. Then I think you're forgetting one for your list. I don't think so. I thought my number two and number one would match your list perfectly. But there's okay, not wait, enough numbers have, left. <laughs> do you have Harley Quinn on your I on don't. Your list? I still have not watched season two of Harley Quinn. Oh, Cameron. I know, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're killing me here. Like, okay, then I, I won't go full detail into it. All I'll say is that I think it builds upon season one. It is... Because you, you weren't super happy with the finale of season one of Harley. I honestly don't remember. You Because you, I think it's... I don't think I ever finished season one either, but I think it's like a three part finale. Okay. And, and you said it didn't land as well as the episodic stuff. Uh, okay. Yes. You're right. That is true. Once it, once it got into like um, full on like sequential storytelling mode, it didn't land quite as well. But so, and it, it, season one ended in a way that I thought would make season two worse. It actually, they, they play up the consequences of season one very well in this season um it continues to be the show that i think maybe i laughed out loud the most watching this year um and the the relationship between harley and ivy the way that evolves and changed and plays out is great okay it's yeah it's i it was i mean it's on my list it's one of my favorite things i watched this year yeah um you know and i and i think it's probably the best stuff dc's putting out right now hands down okay then yeah i i promise i will watch it yeah. like i have said and, for the past 52 weeks yeah and and you know again a huge part of our, our audience obviously is made up of dcau fans specifically and i i think that though harley quinn the show has a very different tone to the dcau i i feel like it's you know kind of up there with young justice as a really great successor to that just really great character work and storytelling even if the the style of the show is a lot different mm-hmm. um and also, give it time, you'll come to love Keely Kuoko as Harley Quinn. Yes, I, I've embraced that much. Yeah, yeah. And Lake Bell is, hands down, the best Poison Ivy ever. Yes. Yeah. She's not a villain. <laughs> She's not a villain. Not She's a like, villain. I just trying to, save, just trying to save the environment. Why does everyone call me a villain? I don't understand. Uh, she's amazing. But yeah, definitely watch that one. So, okay, okay wait. So, so then what's your number My two? My number two is what I assumed your number one was going to be. Because this uh-huh. is technically 2020, even if it, if it was the very beginning of 2020. Sex Ed Season 2 was 2020. Sex Ed Season 2 was my number two. Oh, so Mando is your... Okay, then you're forgetting the other 2020. That what? I might That I might be messing up. Hold on, let me double check that it started in 2020. You know what? I, I, messed, I messed up my number one. <laughs> okay. Because I only think of... We'll, 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 we'll get to it. My list is off, okay. but we'll... It'll be fine. Okay. Well, let's go. Let's talk. Let's talk Mando then. Because I think. Because you, you, Mando is your number three is my number one. Let's talk Mando. Okay. Okay. Mando's great. It's great. Yeah. Uh, it's some of the best TV I've seen ever. Yes. I'd say. And especially Star Wars storytelling, as everyone yes. has said, and, and why we're now getting three spinoffs to this world. Oh. I'd be very curious to go back and rewatch it now, knowing what spinoffs are coming and to see if I find the inclusion of those characters um, a bit gratuitous Mm -hmm. now, but I didn't find it gratuitous at the time. So I guess that's pretty good storytelling on their part. Yeah. And you know, the, the ones that we knew, like we knew Ahsoka was going to get her own show. 
yeah, the the New Republic Rangers was kind of a surprise, and I don't know if I really care enough about that. Yeah, we'll we'll see we'll see how that shapes together. Uh, and now Boba. Yes, yeah, Boba's getting his own show, which looks like it might we might be getting that when we would otherwise have been getting Mando season three. It looks like we might have to wait a while before we get a third season yes. on that. And, well, and then the other question I don't think Disney has answered yet is Boba is not. We don't know if Boba is replacing Mando as kind of the Mandalorian or oh, if I it is a mean. completely separate series. Right. I think it's a separate series. I, I also think it's a separate series. Yeah. With its own title. Um, do we do we want to do a, a quick little mini spoiler section here on, on Mando so we can really get into some of it? Because we haven't talked about the show at all on the podcast we as we've been. Yeah. Should so I, let's should do I so, put on my deep fake really quick? And then yeah, it yeah, exactly. look like you're talking to a character. Exactly, yeah. So we'll, we'll do let's do spoilers for Mando season three. Um, Two. and I'll, I'll I always mark it down in the show notes. So if you want to jump ahead, you can you can see where it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so okay, the big thing to talk about here, obviously, Luke Skywalker. Luke Skywalker is back. Uh, were you shocked? When, when did you know it was Luke? Uh so. And keep in mind, I don't want anything spoiled for me. I wake, I don't watch it at midnight. I'm not that crazy. I do have to work. I oh, get did up you at have it spoiled? six. No, I didn't okay, have it okay, spoiled good. for me. I get up at six and I go straight in and watch it in the morning before I go to work. Because I waited. It wasn't spoiled I, I, for me. I didn't watch it until that night because my friends and wanted to watch it with me. Did it get spoiled for you? It did not. Okay, good. It got spoiled um, for one of them. And okay. I almost like duct taped their mouth shut. Like, you're not going to say it. It was. Thing. It was pretty much inescapable, and to the point where Mark Hamill himself kind of spoiled it, actually, in his own way. Like, he tweeted, seen anything good on TV lately. Oh, Mark. That, like, middle of the day that day, and I was like, it's it's one of those things, like, if you know what he's talking about, it's obvious, but if you're fairly savvy, you can piece this stuff together yeah. pretty quick. Well, I, I'm also not on Twitter, so that, that saves me that, a lot, and I feel like that people helps. on Instagram are a little nicer... Especially yeah. the people I follow are, are a little better about spoilers. That's a better place to go. Yeah. Cause like for me, comicbookmovie.com, which I'm starting to gravitate towards maybe stop going there because they tend to just put stuff right up in like the, the headlines in terms of spoilers yeah. that had a lot of stuff on it. Um, and then obviously Reddit and I like follow the star Wars subreddit. So people were like kind of good about it, but again, you can piece stuff together pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't spoiled for me. I, when the X-Wing first started to land, I was like, because I've been thinking, why haven't we seen Ahsoka? Why didn't they recruit Ahsoka to come on this mission too? That seemed like a pretty obvious choice. Like, oh, like maybe it's Ahsoka. Maybe she has an X-Wing. And then pretty quickly, I was like, no, it's not her. I'm pretty sure it's Luke. But I'm like, it can't be, right? Like, there's thinking, no, like, it can't be Luke. There's no way it's Luke. And then, you know, the constant reveals like, okay, like we see the black cloak, we see the green saber, we see the lightsaber handle. It's definitely his. Like, oh my God, oh, it's I was Luke. I attention to the handle. I saw the glove. Okay, the glove. I mean, and I'm like, I, who else only wears one glove? <laughs> it, it's him and Michael Jackson. <laughs> and so I, it, at that point, I knew, and I, I, I pay a weird amount of close attention to lightsaber handles. I love lightsabers. You I have, have that have lightsaber. Plenty, yeah. So I knew it was him. And then, so the the big thing for me that I wasn't sure about, and I'm curious if you had the same thought, was right up until they revealed his face, I'm like, is it going to be Sebastian Stan? Yes, yes, because you, you see the chin. Yes. I wish it was. I so wish. I, th- I think, 
Well, so I think that says two things. Getting mm-hmm. a deep fake of Mark Hamill, I think, means that we're not going to see him again because mm-hmm. they didn't put the time in to cast it. Yeah, um, and that's expensive. It's expensive, and it doesn't look great. And even in the episode, they were using his face sparingly. You don't build a whole series out of that. Yeah, and, and I think, it, you know, deep fakes can look good if you put in yeah. the time for them. And it's not yeah. it's not even just man hours. It is it's it's just computer rendering time. Mm-hmm. Cuz basically for people who don't know how deep fakes work, super super quick crash course, you basically put in uh like 10,000 photos of a person's face, which can okay. be either Google images or you can just put in a video of someone's face. Mm-hmm. Um and then it takes it from every possible angle you feed it. And then it will almost like vertically line by line replicate uh, the face that you input into a new face that is tracked and rendered into the software. Okay. Um, So the more input you give it, the cleaner the render will be. That makes sense. Yeah. And so with a big reveal like this, I wonder if they just, they were so scared of spoil because you know, the star Wars community is so toxic and so horrible with spoilers in themselves. Yeah. If they yeah. just didn't even trust their motion team and their animation team or their VFX team to just like, we can't trust you. So we're only going to give you like a week's notice on this. And it you is, have it, a week to get this done. It, it does feel like there must've been a production reason why it wasn't as good. Like I, it, it, he's up on screen longer than say Leia was in Rogue One, but like the Leia is pretty good and the Tarkin's okay. Yes, but that was also four years ago, right? And that uh, to, to be fair, that was I don't think that was deep fake. That was a different type of technology they used. Um, yeah, I I found it a little bit distracting, and and the the big criticism I've heard about the the choice there wasn't even necessarily that he on himself was distracting, but now. The thing in that moment that everyone's going to be talking about is the deep fake Luke face and the Luke reveal and not the really beautiful moment of like the man of Mando saying goodbye to Grogu. Mm-hmm. I, I actually teared up at that moment. I legitimately did. It was so, super touching. Uh, someone shared this clip and I don't know if you've seen it from fat man on Batman. <clears throat> uh, I think, no, I think this one's fat man returns. I think he has a Batman or a, a star Wars version now. Okay. Um, but they were talking about the parallels that I didn't even think about until they brought this up. But the last thing that Luke did with his father was his father told him to take his helmet off so he can see him with his true eyes. And that is the last thing he sees Mando do with Grogu is take his own helmet off so he can look at Grogu with his own eyes. And like, Holy fuck. That is like chilling parallels to, to star Wars canon. It, it's so it's so good and like you're right. I love Sex Education season two. We're definitely gonna talk about it. And I think Mando may have benefited from being more recent. Like we just watched this, but yeah. it's so fresh. I I think it's hard for me to escape just how exciting that was to watch week to week. Like I would get, I mean, I would get up at six o'clock every Friday to watch it before going to work. And I think that's spoiled for me. I had so many moments of just like pure joy geeking out. Um, like the episode where they go to the, that Imperial facility and there's that speeder bike chase. Like I was losing my shit. 
Ahsoka, the mention of Thrawn. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I got to the Robert end of every... Rodriguez is now part Robert of the crew. Robert Rodriguez, I know. Like, I, I, there were so many points where I was just, like, going crazy with excitement on it. Um, you know, and, like, my brother was also a huge Star Wars fan, and he wouldn't watch it in the morning, but, like, at some point every weekend, he and I would get on the phone and talk about it and just, like, geek out about it for, like, an hour. It, it was hard to not get wrapped up in the joy of seeing great star wars content again like great tv and great star wars that's just hard for me to beat i i loved this season i think there's maybe one or two episodes that are kind of on the lesser side but they're still good yeah and then when it was because you great it was great you had a lot to say about season one in their kind of filler episodes yeah there's like three episodes in the middle you could just cut out and it doesn't matter yes and season two it also had you know the the frog episodes people either love or hate yeah um but that's kind of it for filler everything else is you you pretty much need to watch yeah and and i was a little bit worried that the beginning of the season it was i was worried they were going down that same path again of it it, it getting getting drawn out yeah and they quickly changed that and i mean there's i there's really no inessential episodes this season and and the storytelling got so fast and they they took the show to some crazy lengths like at the end of it Mando and Grogu are separated. You're like, what happens now yeah, Mando's in this, story this series? Is done. We don't know yeah, what he's going mean, to do. It could, it kind of could have been a series finale, and I'm sure we're getting more of it. I'm sure we are, and it looks like we're going to be diving deeper down, like the the Mandalorian specific element of it of like reclaiming Mandalore. Yeah. Um, well, which I, could I be texted really you my my favorite headcanon is Mando's going to be a helicopter parent, and he's That's just right, going to yeah. live on the other side <laughs> of the planet Luke is on. And he's like, hey, no, no, he he can't have the green milk. It's it's bad for his stomach. Like, no, don't, no, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Do you know? Yeah. Is there any planet that has? Fro- I'm gonna go to the neighboring planet and get some frogs. He yeah. really likes sucking on frogs. I'm gonna go on a fetch quest to get him some frogs. Um, yeah, it it was. I mean, so many pieces of it. Like seeing Bo Katan and uh, seeing Katie Sackhoff, who I just I love because mm-hmm. I'm a huge Battle Star fan. Seeing her back there, Rosa da- Rosario Dawson was great Ming-Na as a live Wynn action Ahsoka. Back. Yes, oh, and playing like win. a main role. Yes, and she's like the number two character on the 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 book of Boba Fett too. Yeah. It's just like like wrapping uh, up uh, Bill Burr's character as oh. like the most hated Star Wars fan, getting like a fucking redemption arc in Star Wars. And I love that episode. It's he, so good. His his story was really compelling, and like. Yeah, just every, at every turn, it kept delivering something new and exciting and fun. And, and oh, my God. And Lewis Goranson's score? Mm-hmm. Fucking amazing. Oh, yeah, the, the death, the dark troopers. Like, yes! it's a banger. That is a jam. <sighs> like, it, it's one of those where I, I rarely will go back and rewatch an entire season before the next one. And not only am I rewatching bits of Clone Wars for the third time now, like get cut up on like the Mandalorian backgrounds, but I am hundred percent going to rewatch this entire thing before the next season. Yeah. It's, it's great. I mean, it's, it's generally some of the best content film or TV. I think I've seen in years. So it is. Yes. Yeah. And th- that will <laughs> connect to my misplaced number one. Well, before we get to that, let us yes. talk about Sex Education number two. It was on both our lists. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I mean, I I loved it. What for you made it your number one? Like, what made it, it your favorite sex, TV show? That is my show? number two. Oh, is this right? It was your number two. Yes. Okay, so it's it's number two for both of us. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's just the one of the most sincere, heartfelt, 
funny, uplifting, beautiful shows I've ever seen. In my it is. Life. It is the best of John Hughes. Oh my God! Yes, you're right. It is John Hughes without the problematic John Hughes elements. Right, and and you know that that's definitely his inspiration because it's something that we've yeah. brought up time and time again. We've talked about Sex Ed, probably a third of the episodes of this year. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I rewatched almost all of it. I rewatched all of season two with my folks, um, and I rewatched most of season one with them as well. Yeah, I, I'm definitely planning on rewatching season two again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is it is that eighties influence while being modern. Mm-hmm. And they they nail it so perfectly in being this such a like I I I don't want to call it groundbreaking because I don't feel like they're doing anything new, but they're just like mm-hmm. perfecting so many things. Yeah. No, I, I think you're right. It's it's I think what makes it feel so perfect is that it's hitting so many things we've seen before, but it actually takes the time and effort to flesh those things out. Mm-hmm. You know, like a lot of the characters are based off of tropes we've seen from TV, teen movies, TV shows for 40 years. Yeah. But they make those characters fully realized. You know, it's like even the, you know, kind of like bitchy popular girl it's an episode where we understand kind of the way why she is the way she is and you do have sympathy for her yeah you know and she also doesn't feel like the need to justify wanting attention she's like sometimes i feel down and i want to like make out with nerds because it makes me feel better about myself and you're like that's all we needed to know yeah. for us to understand I mean, who your choice is I, like, I think our favorite arc is is um the the best friend the girl best friend who is like oh dealing my god with, yeah dealing with trauma from other people yeah. taking advantage of her. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's so much in there that makes it so compelling. And again, I talk about a show with great music. I still listen to a lot of songs from both those seasons mm-hmm. regularly. Um, it, it comprised most of my top songs of 2020. Yeah. That weren't uh, Into the Unknown. <laughs> yeah, that was your number one song. <laughs> that was my number one song this year. <laughs> Yes. Okay. All five of mine were the first five songs of uh, the fucking Harry Potter stage play adaptation. (laughs) I'm glad that you and I can still be cliches of ourselves. Yes. I was so upset when I saw those were my because it's literally the first five songs of the album are my one through five, and like I just I don't want to know. I want to know like the fun songs. Yeah. Where's my playlist? Where can I make a fun playlist out of this? Yeah, but I, sex education, like, it's it's beautiful. It's genuinely, like, really beautiful and um, just uplifting Yeah, in so many ways. Yeah. Uh, so my misplaced number one, because it, mm-hmm. it's the same thing. I forgot that it technically started in November. Okay. But the episodes everyone talks about came out in 2020. Okay. And um, if you haven't caught on what, it's, what I'm going for, it's Clone War Season 7. Oh, oh, wait a minute. Because the last four episodes were 2020. Shit, you're right. I I forgot about that because I've been rewatching older Clone Wars. So when I went back to recap what I had seen this year, I Let me double check because I think Bad Batch was January. I think the final four episodes were 2020. I just forgot. I just I treated Clone Wars as being older. I forgot that that was also this year. Yeah. No, I think you February. Can it. it is a 2020 show. 
I think well, but it had episodes prior no, to No, season this, seven. Season seven, episode one was February twenty first, twenty twenty. Well, there you go. It counts. All right. It you counts. were right. I was yes. wrong. It counts. I knew you were yeah. forgetting something. I was forgetting that. You're right. How can anyone not put Clone Wars season seven as the number one show of twenty twenty? You are right. I, I am rewatching the last f- eight episodes i'm in the kind of slower ahsoka bits right now and then i'm gonna get back to uh the the phantom apprentice apprentice in the last arc but you're right that is also amazing star wars yes because that is what allowed us this allowed us mando yeah yeah no that that final arc the, the the battle on mandalore between darth maul and ahsoka um when order 66 happens and we see it played out from ahsoka's perspective Oh, uh, yeah like, like y- you could tell that the f- the filmmakers on that knew what they were doing when in the first episode of that final arc they give us the full lucasfilm intro yeah like it's a <laughs> like it's a movie and not another episode of tv like yeah i mean, i'm oh. honestly i'm getting chills just talking about yeah. it again it is can we just stop recording so i can go rewatch it right now i remember <laughs> when those four episodes came out and every nerd that I think I'd interacted with over the past six years came out and reached out and like, have you watched this yet? I need to talk about this with every single person. And I was the fool (laughs) who waited until the summer to start clone wars. And it's like, no, like I'll get to it eventually. And like, no, you have to watch it right now. Cause like I, you, you need to know what I know. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm sure it's like good. And I'm sure it's fine. And then, like, I texted you when I finished it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, holy fuck. I yeah. get it. I was indoctrinated into this cult. And, yeah. I, and, I, and I want more blood and I need more juice. I mean, it, it, this year especially has proven that uh, Star Wars can be in no better hands than Dave Filoni's. Yep, and Filoni we trust. And now yeah. Robert Rodriguez, who is exec producer on Boba. I don't that's know right he, that. yeah he's he's doing boba and then you know of course you got to acknowledge john favreau and he, you know yes. he he's i'd say the main creative drive behind mandalorian but you know in strong collaboration with dave filoni and we're, we're seeing a lot of filoni's characters now making appearances in the show um but yeah you know i, I think it's fair to say that uh star wars now is best left to not george lucas's hands nor jj abram's hands <laughs> yes exactly. but dave filoni and john favreau's hands exactly uh, but okay, Cameron, you you are right. Okay, if I oh shit, I think uh, I'm not gonna try and like rewrite my list. But you're right. I should have included Mando mm-hmm. season seven. Season seven so list. It should have been there. It's so good. Yeah, uh, and then uh, just a super super quick shout out of two shows I've mentioned before on my mm-hmm. new to me 2020. I have to talk about Taskmaster because it's literally the okay, show that is yeah. keeping me sane right now. And then Infinity Train which is oh, that's like right. one of the best animated series of all time. Yeah, you and Sam have both mentioned that. I got to get on that one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah that, that, that's it for me on series. Uh, I guess I would throw an honorable mention out there to Love, Victory. It was a new, season, new yeah, series this yeah, year. Yeah, Love, Victory was also very good. <clears throat> it was good. I, 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 didn't, mm, I didn't love it, well, because but like, I liked a lot about it. You love Love, Simon so much that, that it's so such much. a high pillar to reach. Yeah, and Love Victor, I think, was doing so much, trying to do so much more. It's telling a very different story, but I appreciate the story that it is telling. Yes. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that 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 
just squeaked in as an honorable mention, not quite up in the top. Yeah. So. And then we would be absurd to not even mention Tiger King. I didn't even watch it. Not, you so. didn't even watch it? Oh, wow. Good for you. No. It's one of those that, like, it's one of those things when it's, when it's that popular and it's that hyped, sometimes I just avoid it entirely because I just don't give a fuck. Yeah. No, that, that's good. Yeah. And I, I, just, I just didn't care. Yeah. Didn't care. That's fine. Let's get uh, into movies. All right. Sh- no, yeah, let's get into some movies. All right. So, Cameron, what was your number five film the of 2020? Movies were maybe just as hard as series, maybe even a little harder for series. I feel like harder for the different, for the opposite reason. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, struggling to find five films we love versus struggling to narrow it down to five seasons we loved. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number five, which I think I watched twice, and mm-hmm. both times I was happy with it, but still a little underwhelmed, but I still really loved it uh onward okay okay yeah i i considered onward but did not make it into my five so what about it did you really like oh and also uh prefaced for this uh i have not watched soul yet neither uh, have i because uh mentally i am not in a great spot and i feel like that is not a movie i should watch (laughs) or i'm out right now yeah, maybe not the best time. Also, a little peek behind the curtain. You and I are recording this the day after Christmas. We only had time to watch Wonder Woman. Yes. Should we have watched Soul? Probably. Probably. <laughs> uh, but no, like the idea of Onward, I loved. And we, we had a whole episode on it already way, mm-hmm. way, way back when. Uh, Did we do an episode on it? We talked at length about it, at least. Maybe not a okay. full episode. I don't think we did a full episode, but I don't remember. But like so. I, I, I talked about like I love the concept of a modern medieval earth and a modern Tolkien yeah. world. I don't think they were as creative with it as they could have been, especially mm-hmm. with the design of things. Like it very it was very frustrating. The overhumanoid aspect of everything in the world, like why are horses why are centaurs still in a car meant for a humanoid? <laughs> Uh, like yeah. you can be more like that could be such a cool thing to think about. It's like, what does a horse car look like? <laughs> uh, Missed opportunity. And then like the pixies, it's a bunch of pixies riding one humanoid motorcycle. Why aren't there little pixie cars? Yeah. No, I, I think that's fair. I think there was a lot of interesting stuff. Could have been explored further though. Yes. But besides that, the story was great. You said you mm-hmm. really enjoyed it cause you actually have a brother yes, um, yes I, uh, that helps <laughs> i don't have that luxury yes um, but no i'm i'm just such a sucker for anything medieval and especially like animated mm-hmm. fantasy we almost never get anymore so when it does come i jump on the opportunity yeah no it it, it would have been in my honorable mentions this year i thought it was it was overall pretty good yeah oh uh, yeah that's my number five what about you um my number five was the boys in the band so yeah, it you, was you really liked that one so I, when I thought about this list, I, ch- I only picked things that to me had something memorable about them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, so like honorable mentions would have included like Onward or Jumanji, the next level movies that I really enjoy, but there's nothing that like really stuck with me as being particularly memorable. Well, so that was Christmas day, 2019. Christmas day, 2019. Jumanji. Uh, it came out in 2020. Was it, was the first Jumanji Christmas up. then? I think so. Yeah. I looked it up. It was 2020. Okay. But anyways, neither here nor there. Yeah, I'm sorry. What the, the thing about oh, it's all good. The thing about the boys in the band that stuck with me is I think it's the best movie or TV show I've seen that highlights the really complex nature of gay male relationships, gay male friendships. 
and I think I talked about this when I plugged it on the podcast. Um, but like those friendships can be really complicated. Like they can be really catty and toxic in some ways, but also supportive. Um, it's, it's a, it's an interesting space. I mean, the, the, the movie doesn't also dive too much in the idea that a lot of gay friendships also involve sex. Um, <laughs> the movie doesn't necessarily dive into that quite as much, but just, just in terms of the, the weird two faced nature of a lot of those friendships, them being both like, both like very supportive and loving, but also like combative and toxic. Uh, it did a really good job portraying that. And, you know, you know me, I don't like Ryan Murphy at all. This is an adaptation of a, uh, a a play, and mm-hmm. he was a producer on it. It was part of his Netflix overall deal, but he did not do a pass on the script, nor he direct it. But it is stuffed with his usual um, menagerie of uh, gay male actors, and they're all really good in it. So yeah, uh, and if if you've only ever seen Jim Parsons be Sheldon, uh, this is a good example of how he has much more range than that. Good. So yeah, plus it has Matt Bomer. Matt Bomer's like the one like genuinely true likable character in the whole thing and i well, love that it's for that. impossible so. for him not to be to, not to be the likable character <laughs> i know exactly but the fact that he was the one i was like perfect that's all i really wanted was just some some loving lovable matt bomer mm-hmm. in my life so uh yeah that was my number five so what was your number of four yeah my number four uh i plugged it once before on the podcast uh trial of the chicago seven oh that's right i think it's like the of my list is the genuine oscar film Okay, yeah, if we even Aaron have Sorkin. an Oscars 2021. I think we are going to have Oscars. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, it's based off the real-life events. I think an unfortunate but also a great time for this movie to come out because it's very mm-hmm. parallel of what's going on in our current society. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it is a great, great Netflix film. And Eddie Redmayne is great, and Sasha Baron Cohen like is a fucking amazing actor. He is. And weirdly enough, I've actually heard that in a lot of ways, Borat is a great, good showcase for his talent. It just also gets lost <laughs> in the Borat of it all. Right, so, yeah. Yeah. But it's nice to see him getting to do some stuff that actually is meaty and is worthy of his, his sizable talent. So Yeah. Uh, what about you? What's your number four? This was uh, a kind of an, uh, a choice I wasn't expecting to make in the top five, but it was Greyhound, which was the Tom Hanks World War II battleship submarine movie. Okay. My parents just watched that one. Yeah, it, it's it's overall pretty good. I think the the ending, I think the stakes needed to be a little bit higher for it to feel like it had a nice punch to it. But again, if there was there was one thing about it that I thought it did really really well, which was it it very much well captured what it must have been like to be on one of those ships crossing the Atlantic during World War II. Just the 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 cold, the the horrible conditions at sea the the constant fear and stress and strain um and trying to find any sort of hope and very bleak circumstances it, it did a really good job capturing that time and place and and feeling and atmosphere okay um and and tom hanks actually was one of the writers on it i don't know if you i can't remember if oh, he was the sole credited writer but he's definitely a credited writer on it um you know he hammered away on one of his many typewriters what can he do what can he do? And, you know, it's it's not great. I, I think I almost give it a pass knowing that it it was better than most stuff that goes straight to streaming. And I can't remember if it was originally intended for theatrical or not. Um, but it was it was pretty good for what it is. If you like that genre of film and that type of film, I think it does a pretty good job playing in that space. Mm-hmm. So, 
Yeah. Nice. Yeah. What about so you? Far, what was a very different list. <laughs> a very different list. I know. Well, I mean, that's kind of one of the weird things about 2020 is that it's different lists for both of us and different lists we'd have in normally. Yeah. So, um, but what was your number three? My number three is, is I'm not sure if it should be counted. Okay. Uh, and, and if, and we can make an executive decision. If it's not, I have something to fill it with. Okay. Is it the film executive decision? The film executive decision. <laughs> uh, my number three is Hamilton. We're going to count it. Okay. Because I'm going to talk about it later. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. We'll, we'll hold off on it then. Yeah. Okay. So I, my, my prediction up top was wrong. Oh, you're so. Hamilton's your number one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my number three was Enola Holmes. That's my number two. Oh, hey. All right. Yeah. Well, let's talk about it now then. Okay. It's super charming. We, so this was one of the few films we watched together in 2020. Yes. Yeah. And it is so much fun. It is. I, I like, I don't know what I'll say about it other than it's really sweet and charming and fun. And Millie Bobby Brown is great mm-hmm. in it. I mean, we all knew that she could act given Stranger Things, but this was her getting to be fun in a way that I don't think she gets to be all the time with Eleven. Um, yeah, it, it's it's directed. And we, we've talked about this before. It's directed by Chris Columbus, right? No, it's not. Oh, no. then it, sorry. Then it feels like it's directed by Chris <laughs> Columbus, where it, it, it has it, that feeling of like the first two Harry Potters. I think it was actually directed by one of the directors from either Sex Education or from, oh, it was, no, it's a Fleabag. He's one of the directors on Fleabag. Okay. That's right. Um, sorry. The, the, yes, I misspoke. It has that Wait. feeling of the early um, Harry Potter movies. Wait, hang on. What year was Fleabag? I think was that Fleabag... was 2019 into 2020. Okay, 2019. Okay, if, if <laughs> Fleabag season two had been 2020, I would have had to throw the whole list and redo it. Yeah. So, um, but yes, yes, yeah. Um, it was one of the directors of Fleabag that did it. Okay. Um, yeah, Anola Holmes is so much fun. I watched it twice because I watched it once mm-hmm. before because I can't wait yeah. for things. And then once with <laughs> you guys. It's, it's just, a, it's a really good it's just a good ride. It's it, it's fun. The stakes aren't crazy high, but they're high enough, all things considered. Um, Henry Cavill is great as Sherlock just Holmes. Just to bring up, Henry Cavill is so much fun. A very different kind of Sherlock Holmes, a, a slightly softer one. Um, but he has you know a, a a real great chemistry with Millie Bobby Brown and the the warmth they have between the two of them. It's super fun. I, it's just it's a delightful romp. Yeah. I really hope we get more of them. Me too. I, I hope this gets at least one more because like, yeah. she's so much fun as Nola. He's so much fun as Sherlock. I love Minecraft isn't like evil yet. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he, he's he's a dick, but he's not like he's kind of the antagonist of the film in some ways, but he's not that bad. Right. And yeah. so it's fun to play in the space where they're just a family. Yeah. Yeah, and that's we don't really get that in any other Sherlock stories. There's no John Watson in it. It's its own kind of unique little thing. Yeah. Oh, good shout, Cameron. Good shout. Yeah. No Holmes is great. See, so that uh, was your number three. That's number three. Okay, my what, number two was The Invisible Man. Okay, I still have not watched The Invisible Man. It's excellent. Mm-hmm. It's really, really good. It it uh, I'm not a big horror person. And it's more it's more of a thriller. I would say, but it definitely has elements of horror in there, but it just, 
they did such a great job finding a way to make that story feel modern, not only in terms of how they handle the invisible element of it. Um, but I mean, the movie is ultimately about like toxic masculinity and you know, the, the invisible man is a, a stalker who's just constantly hunting down, um, uh, Oh, what's Elizabeth. I'm thinking of every other Elizabeth actress. It's not her Hurley. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, the, you know, constantly hunting her down and she's, she's so to Becky Taylor, Warren banks. Yeah. She's Olsen. <laughs> She's so look it up while, while, I'm, while I'm ranting here. I looked up look Elizabeth, up. and there's so many. Things no, just look up Invisible Man. Know, That's know, so much fun. Yeah, Elizabeth Moss. Uh, thank you, Elizabeth Moss. She's <laughs> so good. I mean, she's so good in general, but she's so good in that of just playing this person who is just like constantly under the strain of that sort of pressure. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it's the sort of movie that it's the I think the right direction to take this sort of classic Universal monsters and. I know there are more in the works, and I, I think Lee Wan L, who directed it, is going to be either directing or, or associated with a lot of those movies. And if that's the case, I that's great. And he's a fantastic horror director. Um, yeah, you know, it's it's yeah. I mean, I, I think it's it's good enough to worth watching. It's it's worth watching if you're not a horror person. Okay. So. <clears throat> yeah, I've, yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. Um, and then why don't we do my number one since it was already kind of revealed and yes. then we'll get to your number one, but no, my, my number one hands down was Hamilton. It was the only new film this year that got more than three stars. It got, a, it got four stars wow. from me. Yeah. It, it's definitely my most watched movie of 2020. I only watched it once. I would definitely go back and watch it again. I loved it. I mean, I think we talked about it at the time, but I, I saw Hamilton, um, at the Pantages in LA as I know as you did, did as well. Yep. Um, I got, I thought we were like pretty decent seats, like up in the balcony. Uh, it, the play, like, it's, I don't know, something about it just didn't quite gel for me when I saw it the first time. I think it didn't help that I hadn't heard the music. I think you definitely need to have heard the music once before, before yes. seeing it. So maybe a couple antici- times before, cause I had maybe a couple times memorized beforehand. Yeah. So in anticipation of knowing that I would be watching the film, I re-listened to the whole soundtrack and then I watched it when it came out. And I thought that one, just Hamilton as its own piece of storytelling and as a piece of media is amazing. And I thought they did a really great job capturing it on camera and, and doing a little bit of dynamic camera work to make it feel justified having been filmed. It didn't feel like it was just a, a captured curio, but it was its own distinct piece of art. And um, I really liked that about it. And, and I think it's a show that, sometimes benefits from being able to have close-ups yes oh absolutely like really yeah. getting into the emotion of that because especially like hamilton's meant for new york broadway where yeah. the seats are very intimate yes exactly and i, I think having that level of intimacy helped on it yeah right yeah it's and that so was your number three my number right? three okay yeah. yeah so my number one is uh the gentleman Oh, I still haven't seen that. Damn, haven't I need to watch Chris. it. I need, <laughs> I need to watch it. I know I've heard really good things. I will, I will, I will bump it up my list. I will, I will watch it this upcoming week. Yes, uh, I, I don't, I haven't rewatched it since seeing it in theaters. And I think part of it being my number one is I did get to see it in theaters, and it was one of the mm-hmm. last things I saw in theaters. Um, and so I don't, I, I'm sure I'm still gonna love it. But I don't know if, if rewatch, if it's going to stay in that number one spot. But I just have such fun okay. memories of yeah. watching that movie and seeing. Because, you know, I, as I've said before, it's Knives Out-esque. I think it's yeah. a better Knives Out. Interesting. I mean, 
look, Guy Ritchie when he's on point is really good. Yeah, and I I am such a Guy Ritchie whore. All yes, the way I mean through. you I you love King Arthur for done. fuck's sake. So, <laughs> uh, but no, the gentleman is is for, for for now my number one film of 2020. Okay, no, honestly, I mean uh, having not seen it, but having heard good things from you and from a lot of other people too, I think that's a pretty damn good shout. Yeah, I just got my stepdad to watch it the other day, and he was oh, super nice. excited about it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right on. Yeah. Uh, any honorable mentions you want to throw in to your uh, list here? I, I have two honorable mentions I, w- I want to throw in because like they're both documentaries and I wasn't sure if I wanted to put a documentary in my top five. Mm-hmm. Uh, but both are top five placeable because they're so good. Yeah. Uh, Howard, the Howard Ashman doc. Oh, right. Plus. I need to watch that. That one is spectacular and you will cry. Okay. That's um, fine. I like crying. Yeah. And it's, it's great. And then on the complete opposite scale, but still in in my world, is a class action park. Oh, the, the that's right. Yeah, Max about the infamous theme park action park in New Jersey mm-hmm. in the seventies and eighties. Oh, that's um, right. I remember you talking about that. It sounded really good. It is so much fun, and they like have interviews with old crew members and with kind of as high up as they can get. And it is so. It is such a fun. Like seeing that this world existed at one yeah. point in time, like kids died here and it stayed Jesus open. Christ. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Uh, Any honorable mentions? Um, I'll throw in the old guard. It was, it was, I, I it was also, decent. Yeah. Old guard almost made honorable mention. It yeah, was fun because we got to see it together. Exactly. We watched it together. It, it was, it was fun for what it is. Uh, I'd throw that in there. And then um, birds of prey. I want to rewatch birds of prey. Yes. Yeah, same. That I, I, I didn't I, want to put that on because I hadn't rewatched it in a, in a yeah, while. Yeah, I feel like that's a movie that I'm going to have much, much stronger, warmer feelings towards on a second viewing. Um, but you know, worth mentioning. Otherwise, this was kind of a, a bummer year. There was there was not a lot of great stuff that came out this year, but there's also not a lot of stuff that came out this year. So yeah, that makes sense. Um, but you know, I mean, I, I will say this though: like you, we struggled to come up with top fives for both, but. It does go to show there was some pretty damn good stuff this year, though, despite the, you know, there wasn't a breadth, but there was definitely some still really good content this yeah, year. the hidden so. gems. The hidden gems, things to be thankful for. Um, but yeah, so we'll, we'll head into 2020 with the hope that we'll finally get to see a bunch of stuff that got delayed and hope that maybe eventually we'll see them in theaters, too. That would be great. That would be I great. I miss it so much. Uh, I know you do, bud. We're, we're getting there. We're getting close. Uh, but we would love to hear everyone's favorite movies or TV shows of the year. If uh, something we missed, or if you guys also watched the same thing and loved it too, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Yes. Uh, and so write to us at Tim Talk Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Gmail. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, if you want to see my art, you can find that at Cameron.Dexter. And if you want to see my face that hasn't been updated in a while, except I have a beard now, but not online. Great, great beard. Thank great you. beard. You can find that at CamDexter underscore Adventures. And you can find me at Lordifer on Twitter and Instagram. Yes. All right. Well, thanks, everybody. Uh, you know, Happy New Year. 2020 was kind of a shitstorm. All hoping that 2021 is a little bit better. Yes. So. And all hoping that Justice League gets added to HBO Max very soon. <laughs> very, very soon. Uh, and you can expect an episode on that eventually. But until then, thanks for listening, everyone. Happy New Year. Happy and New uh, Year. We'll be back next week with our normal DCAU fair. Yes. Thanks, everybody. See ya. Bye.